Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center podcast feed is the Bad Batch Report. No! Oh, that is great. Uh, we have gone on a journey to anyone who has been listening for a while of, I say, Clone Wars Report or Bad Batch Report and can make some beautiful music. And now the music that we have been brought to is just mournful uh, uh, threnody to, uh, to, to lost connection. 
<laughs> and, and, and my reaction at least two or three times during the episode. No, no. And that was a that's a, a pure emotional reaction to the the power of the emotions, right? That's not your uh, negative review of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if 15 episodes and I'm like, this is the one. God, I hated this. <laughs> Which is an option we all have with every episode, but yeah, yeah. No, I really like that you picked uh, something kind of mournful because this episode is very mournful. And there's a part of me that was wondering, are, were you going to do some mournful record grunts? Because we got a few oh. beautiful record grunts, some of them a little bit more sad. There's a whole range of emotion in record grunts. Hey, look, uh, D. Bradley Baker, you know, this ain't this ain't easy what he's been pulling off, uh, not just this season, but the Clone Wars. Um but yeah, you're right. There's the 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 the, the record stuff. You 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 have to act through a groan. That's that's good. <laughs> a lot of a lot of emotion on the grunts. If there's an Emmy for grunts, D. Bradley Baker's for sure getting it. I, I did think that this one was next level. Uh, some of the line delivery and and you know playing all the different characters and then all the different emotions within the different characters. This one was really a tour de force. I thought. I agree. Yeah, excellent. So let's get into this. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, the person beautifully yelling no is Ken Napsock, and we are here to discuss Bad Batch uh, episode 16, Camino Lost, the big finale, technically finale part two of season one, because there will be another season or perhaps even more than another season. Um but the next season is, of course, confirmed. This one was written by Jennifer Corbett, directed by Saul Ruiz. And I just want to take a moment to highlight uh, Jennifer Corbett is the head writer of this show. It's a thing that goes along on, on social media that um, Dave Filoni is beloved among the Star Wars fans, as he should be. And he definitely developed this uh, with Jennifer Corbett and the team. Uh, but he is not the head writer. He is not the one actively uh hammering away on those uh, on those keys i'm sure he's involved but uh you see a lot of um uh, uh social media posts where people are like thanks uh dave filoni for uh bad batch and absolutely thanks dave filoni for your part in bad batch but i just really want to sing the praises uh, of jennifer corbett who is the actual lead on this show uh well well said well done and great idea yeah it's just look we get it. it's the nature of it out there on social media, uh, I, I totally get it. And yeah, you're right. Right to say, Dave, help bring this uh, bring this to the table. But that table was Jennifer Corbett's table, Brad Ra as well. But yeah, the writing, crisp. You and I really enjoyed everything presented in this season, theme-wise and lines and comedy and layers. And, and it all kind of came to a head in this episode. And Jennifer Corbett's behind that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a... a uh such a continuation of the Clone Wars and even of the style of both Rebels and Resistance. It fits in the whole collection of Star Wars animation, but the Bad Batch has, to me, just had a, a slightly different mood, a slightly different uh, perspective and energy, and that's really great, and I think you see that when you have different head writers. Uh, so I was thrilled by that. Ken, let's get into the uh, the overall reaction to this uh, big finale part two episode what was your overall reaction to this episode? Do you love it? Like it? Struggle with it? Uh, did you weep? <laughs> I, I technically didn't, but that's because I was watching so late and so early that I think my body wasn't fully <laughs> awake on either side to put all things into a functioning order there. Um, no, uh, go with me on this discussion here today. I was really moved and affected by this episode, and I consider this this particular episode a, a stuck landing for a show that really knew what it wanted to do and had the time to do it. You and I have been talking about that. This, um, 
16 episode, mostly 25 minute format they've been playing with. And and look, that does mean the show might have uh, known it wasn't going to go deep into Echo, which is something we've talked about and talk about here. Maybe you don't know all the intimate hopes and dreams of Wrecker. I hear that a lot about character development. And yeah, this was to me, uh, Hunter, Crosshair, Omega, kind of at the forefront of the show. But th- this show really, really knew what it, uh, how, how it wanted to show us a changing galaxy and, and, and the characters in that galaxy through the eyes of the Bad Batch. And, and it might have known that it wasn't going to be, be a knockdown, drag out fight all the time. And it wasn't going to stay dark and gritty, but it really knew what it wanted to do. It, this is rumination. This is reflect on trust and choices and change and growth and connections and brotherhood and sisterhood, peoplehood, and uh, love and understanding, feeling empathy, but strengthening our own convictions. And all that was all through the season. And I really think, again, really kind of came to a, a beautiful head for me in this episode. Uh, and, and I really love what was there. This was a great way to analyze the fall of the Republic and true rise of the empire. Yeah. And I think that uh, it deserves a big old well said. I think this episode was to me just a, a very satisfying conclusion from the perspective of uh, the characters in the central issues that they are struggling with. And I agree that, um, that, uh, definitely all the characters have got a uh, spotlight. I, I would love for Echo to have a little bit more of one. We'll talk about that later. You know, there's another season, so there is there is hope for Echo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Echo spotlighting. But I totally agree with you that I feel like, you know, Hunter, uh, Omega, Crosshair have been the, kind of the main pillars of these uh, perspectives, these ideas. And it was very, very clearly focused on, like, these are the questions that we have raised uh, via these characters, these themes of who these characters want to be and how they get to that. Uh, in this uh, episode was laser focused on those ideas for sure. Uh, and then we've talked a lot about um, how this show is both the journey of the Bad Batch, but it is uh, the the change of the galaxy through the eyes of the Bad Batch and, and all the other characters we meet along the way. And I feel like that was the big event of the finale, particularly putting the two episodes together, that the big event of this uh, was the destruction of... Camino, right? Or all the cities of Camino, uh, that there was real closure on the era that Camino is gone. The Republic is gone. The clones, as we know them, are gone. And practically for our heroes, they truly deeply can't go home again. They literally can't go home again because it is (laughs) at the bottom of an ocean planet. Uh, But also, it's, you know, thematically clear that there must be forward movement. There must be a different choice because they can't go backward. So I feel like for me, that was like the big event. Uh, and it really works well to highlight the, this main conflict between the Bad Batch and Crosshair about uh, basically what's been going on since the first episode that the Bad Batch is willing to even try to move on and Crosshair just can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that was so powerful in this episode and reflected by the literal destruction uh, of their home. I also just kind of liked that it was, this finale was what I would call a very, very calm cliffhanger. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. it felt like there was some amount of um, emotional uh, resolution, mm-hmm. uh, in this initial conflict between the Bad Batch and Crosshair, we'll talk about that a lot. Um, but it really did have that little little cliffhanger of like the Bad Batch is is relatively confident in who they are to one another. That the family, the squad matters most. Got to move forward. Got to figure it out. Crosshair won't do that, so he's just standing there alone, waiting to be picked up by people who don't value or like him or care about him. So there's a cliffhanger of what will become of Crosshair. Uh, but then that last scene of, you know, 
what is going to become of Nalase's skills, the cloning technology. So it is this very, I would say it's like, it's a cliffhanger without being bump, bump, bump. It was a cliffhanger with literally the opposite of that, of those <laughs> low, terrifying, unresolved notes of this isn't done and there's more horror to come, you know? So it is a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. Um, final final two thoughts, overall thoughts. It just I know that we have said it a lot, but this episode once again uh, elevated the amazing game on the visuals. Um, Not only just like aesthetically beautiful, like way to go with water, everyone, um, (laughs) but the power of the, what the visual is, this Mm -hmm. water as a force of both life and death. They were, they were birthed on this planet. So you can kind of see it as, literally you know birthing imagery amniotic uh, uh you know oceanic feeling uh, is a is a freudian term about being at peace uh but then in this episode it is it is death it is everywhere coming for you and those thematic ideas about the nature of water wouldn't be as powerful if it wasn't just jaw-droppingly beautiful animation right yeah, look, I, I express some some shame of, of saying every week it's beautiful. And then you change that forever, Joseph, by saying, look, I, I tell Sarah I love her every day. Uh, and, and that's how it should be. So this was gorgeous and breathtaking. The underwater stuff, it was, it was yeah, all those things. But it, 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 there's a lot of movies that you see that are like beautiful, but maybe they don't strike a chord with you. The, the, it helped. It all just, just, just went forward to, to go straight to my heart this episode particularly yeah absolutely and i have now uh since uh saying that of you know I, I tell my wife i love her every day we can say the bad batch is beautiful every episode i've switched it up now and now every day i tell my wife i love you and also bad batch is beautiful just so you know sarah <laughs> which maybe i'll have to switch that up uh the final like overall thing that i wanted to say is i do feel like the episode that the finale might have worked a a little bit better been even stronger in terms of just uh even audience response if it had been one episode mm, um yeah. because i feel like the big event in this if you look at the finale is is one story of everybody back to camino then you're really clear on the big event the big sort of you know kind of heartstring pulling uh, continuity excitement which a lot of fans crave especially from a finale is the destruction of camino but then yeah. we, we got all that power last week. So then uh, it was a little bit muted this week. And then I also just think that this is one of those, it, it's so fascinating to think about how expectations affect your enjoyment. I'm yeah. totally on board with you. I, we're going to talk all about loving everything about the characters and the themes. But in terms of plot, having that week to think about it means that the plot didn't hold many surprises because with right. a week to think about it, you're like, oh, well, they're, they're trapped. Well, they're probably going to have to work together to in order to survive, and they're probably going to use those tubes. Yeah. So that didn't bother me too much, but I can see how if, if a, a viewer is is plot focused, mm-hmm. that the week in between gives you time to fairly accurately guess how this sort of uh, the 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 final notes will play out. You know, uh, yeah. in terms of the plot, because it, it's a little bit like, well, this this is what's been laid out. That's probably how those plot notes are going to resolve which doesn't bother me but as i was watching it i was wondering is there going to be a strong reaction of people being frustrated because they had this week to guess and plot wise it's pretty predictable 
I I'm really understanding what you're saying and 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 can can get behind that because of uh, what probably the enjoyment that you and I specifically kind of pulled out of this episode was dare I say a softer kind of conflict. It's it's uh, it's words. It's not weapons. It's it's uh, it's intimate emotional stuff going on. And and we are we 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 just as a society watching things as a fandom overall, not just star Wars. We want, we want the big plot twists, the big reveals, and there's no problem wanting that stuff. Uh, this, this, so yeah, I haven't been online to see the the conversation. I won't be Joseph, but, uh, I can imagine that. And, and I think, right. I think the rampart stuff up top was really well done and a good bridge Incredibly and, powerful shots. Amazing, yeah, yeah. just look looking like just a sociopath with no emotion as this devastation's going on. Amazing Ooh. shot. And we could dive into that more. But yeah, so I, I see what you're saying and I, I can understand it. And with the reasons why, we'll never know. And and we don't really necessarily care to know. But you if it was a 60 episode order and they made this decision, because a lot of times I would I would have expected this to be part one and two, a one night only event type of TV guide ad. Uh, so I, I remember those um, <laughs> Alf, a new season of Alf. Um, so yes, I, I, uh, I hear what you're saying there. I like that. I strongly agree with your dated reference uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, yeah. Dated, uh, it was last decade. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. So I'm, um, uh, I am not meaning this is a huge criticism, but um, you know, just a, a mild thing that this to me might've had a little bit more punch if it was uh, both episodes uh, together, but uh, I really, really enjoyed this episode. So let's get into what we enjoyed. Uh, Ken, for you, what was what were the big ideas? What were the themes? What was at stake for you in these this final episode? Yeah, um, bear with me. You're so great at just letting me barf up my thematic uh, talk Joseph, <laughs> and just, and, and just uh, guiding it um, where we need to go with it. This episode uh, got me on a personal level. Some stuff going on in my life. This last couple years. Hey, by the way, last couple years have been tough for a lot of people, uh, and, and and just some of the connections that have been severed and choices made, and some of those big kind of things. And every week, you you came up with this wonderful kind of template format that we use it just helps our kind of workflow we know what we're going to talk about every week and how to break down these episodes and we have this question of what what ideas are at stake in this episode and i just kind of want to focus the end of that question of like what's at stake in this episode might just be your soul uh <laughs> it, it's pretty big but uh go with me here empathy's pre- present there's a lot of things there there's this idea of uh you know, being felt, uh, feeling as if you're alone or not wanting to be left alone. A lot of those things kind of pop up. I focused on this idea of, 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 of conviction and fear. And you and I talk a lot about choices around these parts, the Star mm-hmm. Wars parts. And, and, and the choices continue to roll out in front of you, right? That never really ends. But when you make some of those big choices, that leads to convictions, this firmly held uh, belief or opinion, right? And what happens when those convictions are challenged, which isn't always a bad thing? They're either confirmed. Uh, perhaps, and, and perhaps they lead you to a dark corner, maybe, uh, where you are trapped and you need to turn around or you want to turn around and, ah, there's another choice. But that enters in my other big theme in this episode of fear. And sometimes the fear will keep you uh, from turning around. And none of this is is easy and clear. And I love the stuff with Crosshair and Hunter, the conversations these last two weeks. Even last week, we came out of it of like, ooh, good point, Crosshair. <laughs> they didn't come back for you. And then Wrecker's good point. Of, we would have we taken you back. You didn't, you didn't try to come back. Um, I love all that. And, and, and it's complicated, but it's also real simple. And and, and if you allow me to, to continue to monologue, Please your do. honor, um, I thought a lot about Kylo Ren 
and the mm-hmm. story of Kylo Ren and Ben Solo, whose convictions were often challenged because he had made some choices that lead to a, led to a certain path and what he believed were his convictions were. And he so feared turning back. You and I have discussed that so much, right? He, 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 he so feared turning back, so sure that he couldn't, and that we are sometimes so sure that we can't, that, that Kylo tried everything in his power to destroy the past so he wouldn't have to turn around. And Crosshair alone on that landing pad, to me, was the result of fear keeping him right there. Camino, regs, the Republic, the time is over. Which is true, because this entire season has been about change and adapting and growth, among many other things. But those are the ones that have emerged for me. And, and fear prevents change, it prevents growth, it prevents emotional connections. And then you can talk about anger, hate, and suffering. Fear can keep you in one place emotionally, and and this episode showed, and and and, and, and physically too, it can keep you uh, alone. And <laughs> this episode was a constant. You talk about serial adventure, Joseph, but this was a constant. Like we are home again, and we can't be here. The past is gone. How do you attack that change? How do you move forward? And each time they move forward, they're faced with another challenge. That fear often is, is there in the room, going, "Well, the 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 the, the monster's going to come bite the tube. The tubes crack it. The droids powers out. The door is stuck. We're drowning. Fear, 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 fear. Every time they have to try to conquer it to go forward because that that's where change is. That's where growth, that's where the new you is and how you deal with that and how fear can dominate that and how, um, you know, you, you can either, uh, you know, cr- crumble under it or, or, or grow, grow from it. And, and that all really struck a chord with me and I will uh, concede the floor, sir. Thank you. <laughs> that's a ton of great stuff. I'm going to dive deeper on a, a lot of those points, but I think that's just like a great overview, really moving. And I think really highlights, um, I, I think why bad batch is really working for you and I, because like I was saying about the two episodes being separated, if you are perceiving it from a plot first or plot only mm-hmm. perspective, you could say, uh, I predicted that they'd use the tubes and they'd run through them. But what is resonating with you and I is like, those tubes are metaphors for their souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those tubes are, can you, it, this, is, this is dangerous. This is scary. It might not work, but it is your only way forward. And we have characters who are going, yes, then we will take it because we will do anything to keep moving forward and find a way to keep us all together, to keep us all alive. And then we have another character who keeps stopping, keeps doubting, doesn't want to move forward and lies to himself mm-hmm. about what forward movement is, mm-hmm. which, you know, that that also really relates back to, to Kylo of the, the lie of the dark side of Anakin and Kylo saying, oh, no, the, the way that the, the good guys have been doing it doesn't work. I'm going to try this brave new way. And like, it's not actually brave or new. It's just you're just stuck in a cycle of anger and, and fear and hate. And I really love that Crosshair says this thing that has this component of truth, right? That, mm-hmm. look, the old ways are gone. You know, Camino yeah. is gone. The regs are gone. The Republic's gone. So it sounds like he is the one moving forward. Right. But what he is is struggling with is he doesn't want to change. His identity is, I am a soldier and blindly following orders, I get to enjoy this sense of having power and control. I'm literally the one who is far away observing the situation from a safe distance and then enacting my will from afar. Like, I mean, it's literally his ability um, as, as crosshair. And it's that, that he doesn't want to give up. He's just like ignoring and lying to himself about what the empire is, how the empire treats him. So he can hold on to that identity of being uh, the soldier with lots of power 
and no culpability for his choice because he gets sent to do the things he he's supposed to do and and he justifies it by saying that's what a soldier is i'm a good soldier you know so yeah. he claims yeah. that he's changing and he's not uh, uh clapping can i have you talk to one of my friends um <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm only tagging. I can't, I can't expand on that uh, with any skill, sir. I, I, the stuff with, with crosshair, uh, even, not even poking fun of at Omega, but just out and out, just disparaging Omega. You're following a kid, and all, and and you know, calling her a kid, and they're like, well, she t- technically like older. She's older than us, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like it was this. Um, a little bit of a uh, fear, not just base, jealousy is almost doesn't really count in him, but you know, he's on the outside looking in and I think he knows and he sees it. And it's like, it's so easy just to be like, Oh, well you following her now. And everyone's like, yeah, it's great. You should come along. We have a great warm team friendly vibe over here. And he's just like, I'm in my corner. And, Cause that's where I'm supposed to be. And it's easier to stay there. And he's talking, you know, that meme that goes around about so-and-so actor knows the assignment. Crosshair knows the assignment. He just keeps <laughs> getting the answers wrong. Yeah, yeah, and there is a really great relationship between him and Omega in this uh, this episode mm-hmm. that uh, that does relate to some of those dark side connections as well. Of I am always really fascinated by yeah, you know, once you go to the dark side, you you still can make a choice and make a different choice, but often it takes someone to get through to you. And uh, historically in Star Wars, if a somebody who has fallen to the dark side has uh, mentors, compatriots that they can blame. Those people can't get through to them, but this new energy can, you know, like Obi-Wan can't get through to Anakin. I think we're going to see that in the uh, Kenobi show, (laughs) but Luke can, you know, Luke says, I basically delay in the way I interpret it. uh, I can't get through to Kylo, but that doesn't mean that, that nobody else can, you know? And and I think there is a little bit of that of like Crosser keeps being angry at his brothers because he can kind of blame them, uh, but he can't yeah. blame his Omega as effectively, even though he's trying throughout this episode to blame her constantly. constantly. Yeah. So uh, for me, could kind of break down some of your great overview. Like I, I really felt like one of the big themes was just the, the literal and physical uh, and emotional, uh, literal and physical are they basically mm-hmm. the same <laughs> literal and figuratively. Can you move on? Right. That's what was beautiful about this episode is that they're, they're trapped in the wreckage of their own past which has been destroyed by this symbol of the future that, you know, that change has happened. They can respond to it, but they can't change that it happened. The Empire is here, the Republic and uh, Topoka City and Camino and the clones are gone. And they are, they are trapped in this moment of, of conflict where the old is literally dying, literally sinking. And that in the now, the future made that happen. And then throughout this episode, just physically, that Bad Batch is uh, moving forward and Crosshair keeps literally not moving forward uh, physically, right? There's shot after shot of him lagging behind uh, and and not moving forward and resisting moving forward, yeah. building to that final one where he's just left the, his, his friends, his yeah. brothers, his family are, are flying off into uh, the light and he's just standing there alone. It, it, the, the fact that physically what is happening in this episode is a total uh, reflection of what is happening emotionally is really great. And, and I love that there were a bunch of just spoken lines that were explicitly about, hey, uh, we are trapped in sinking wreckage. Let's try to survive. But they were all, you know, uh, emotionally true, you know, as well. Like uh, Hunter saying to Crosshair early on, if you want to stay here and die, that's your choice. 
yeah. uh, Hunter saying, we need to get to a space that's more secure, <laughs> yeah. like that, that you can read that emotionally. Uh, in the in the tunnel, at one point, Crosshair says, we need to go back. There must be another way. It's just so clinging to <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the, the past. And even when AZ has that moment of, of, of great sacrifice and AZ is ready to let himself go, AZ is pushing Omega's tube and says, you know, your path is clear. Yeah. You know, as, as she is floating up to the surface, you know. Yeah. And even really, for me, just a lot of the water imagery revisiting those labs, being in those medical capsules, which, you know, maybe those capsules they they were literally in when they were birthed. But even if that's not the literal, you know, truth, there's still images of like, this is where you were formed. This is where you were made. And that's dying. But Mm -hmm. look at this image of almost rebirth of like, you are in (laughs) the symbol of your of your youth and of your origins of your beginning. And it is uh, that it's what is allowing you to ascend and kind of this rebirthing image to me. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's 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 pretty base level stuff in, in a wonderful way. And 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 even with all through the season, Omega's just kind of had this cutting through all the big philosophy of it, and just being like, "Hey, here's the base level emotional uh, meaning of everything going on here." And I think a lot of that was at play here in this episode, and just the imagery. Uh, that I mean, that's there's so many reasons that AZ moment uh, got probably a lot of us, you know. Uh, in, in a lot of way, I, I'm right there with you on what it, the, the the literal end of that journey. We keep saying literal a lot this episode. We can't <laughs> because it, it, it is what it is. But like, it just it that that the tunnel, the tube, it was the tunnel of fate and change. It was everything there. Fear, fear wanted them to stay put, and fear, fear would have killed them if that was the way. And it, it ends with that little, whoo, the sun shining through the water. Uh, you know, it was a beautiful shot, but it just had a lot of meaning, man. Yeah, and the, the door's closing, so they literally could not go back. The mm-hmm. door's closing, threatening to cut off connection. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, for me, you touched on this in your, in your great summary, but this uh, idea throughout the whole show, throughout a lot of Star Wars, felt really right there on the surface for me of uh, being defined by your choices, ultimately. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of dealt with last week the question of, like, how many of Crosshair's choices were forced on him by the inhibitor chip and being controlled by the empire and exactly when did it come out? Well, regardless it's out now and he is making his choices mm-hmm. now. Um, some of the ways that I saw this, this uh, theme being developed is this great uh, moment with tech where tech makes the argument that crosshair can't change his fundamental nature. Yeah. He, he, tech says uh, crosshair has always been severe and unyielding, which is funny by itself. Yeah. Uh, it is his nature. You cannot change that. He cannot change that. And I feel like um, Tech is one of these characters that I love because he's complex, because that's his vision. It's like, yeah. if it's on the data pad, it's probably true. He's run into some problems with that. It was like, that's that was not on my data. <laughs> yeah, That's his perspective. And then I think the episode kind of goes on to say, no, you can, you can always make different choices, which is a theme that runs powerfully through Star Wars, right? Well, the yeah, the the wonderful exchange you and I uh, both even off here were talking about this exchange, and yeah, he he cannot change. And Crosshair goes, "Why are you defending me?" And Texas, you know, the line that we're going to talk about later, but I'm not understanding you does not mean I agree with you. Put that line, put a pin in that, my friend. <laughs> I want to focus on Crosshair. Crosshair sees Tech's line as defending him, <laughs> right? Right? Am I am I not off base on that? Of just like someone just said, he can't change, and you're like, thanks, buddy. 
Yeah, thank you uh, for uh, agreeing with my life philosophy that I am absolved of responsibility. It's not my fault. It's just the way the galaxy is made, just the way I was made. So I guess I have to be a complete murderous jerk to my family who loves me. Not my fault. Not my fault. And, and, and you know, and again, like even, I, I, you know, sometimes we our discussions spill out into the real world and, and I'll vaguely address it, but just like uh, I, I'm big on, I'm not afraid of that term, the new normal, because that's about moving forward. That's about whatever, whatever positive or negative that's taken you forward. I think that's very Jedi light side kind of way to look at it. And so there's been a lot of times in my life, just I, whether it be how I clean the dishes or make the bed, versus bigger social issues where if someone says, well, that's how he is. He can't change. I would hope my gut reaction would be like, Hey, wait a minute. I, I can change. I can grow. I can move. I recognize that life goes on and we change and our convictions might uh, be challenged and change. And I, I just, I, I was laughing almost in a way of crosshair going, thanks buddy. <laughs> right. It, it is, it is funny in its own way. Cause I think the episode really goes on to, to challenge that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think 100%. it's in, there's, there's definitely moments of philosophy. There's moments of choice. That's just about the, the live or die in the moment. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, discussion and actions that seem to be to be making the argument of like, okay, well, your nature is your nature, and maybe you're going to lean a certain way, and and maybe you can't change some fundamentals about yourself. But ultimately, what's going to define you are your choices and your mm-hmm. actions. And Crosshair and Hunter argue pretty early on about who made the correct choice. You know, Hunter is saying, "Face it, you made the wrong choice." The soldiers follow orders, and you threw away our great history of all these missions, and you made that choice, and you know, Hunter says, you know, no, uh, a, a real leader protects his squad, which I think is a, a belief that Hunter always had. But that's out of all of the options that they've been given over this entire season of how are you going to define yourself? Are you still soldiers? Are you mercenaries? Are you arm runners? Are you just people who hang out at a parlor on Ork Mantel? And his answer has always been whatever else my conviction is, my choice is. I keep my squad, my family together and safe. Connection mm. is my choice. Making connection a priority is my choice. You know, and, and Hunter even kind of reframes it to Crosshair and says, you know, we made a choice and so did you. We mm. were ready to let to absolve you of your choices if you were literally had them taken away with inhibitor chip, but you're telling us you didn't. Mm. And they're, they're both kind of making the argument to each other. Crosshair's uh, a weird one uh, that that choice is is the big defining factor here yeah yeah such big star wars stuff that choice i mean there's a reason we 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 talk about all the time because uh, you know old george lucas on his yellow pad of paper said i'd like to write a big fable about choices uh and so it should be in every episode and 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 this is what it looks at and 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 the hunter crosshair back and forth the the philosophical debates it, it just was giving me life all all through these last two episodes yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I just really like then that that Omega certainly makes some argument. She's not a she's not a big philosopher, uh, but mm-hmm. she does. Uh, that that's just not the way she's expressing herself because I think she's expressing herself mostly by her actions. I, I love that she does make it clear to uh, Crosshair that great little sit down in the lab uh, where she you know it says you know I wanted to believe that you know, it wasn't you, you know, making mm-hmm. these choices, uh, but it's not the inhibitor chip. So that's Omega really squarely putting it of like, 
you made this choice. It is not just your nature. Oh, what are you going to do? It's not that somebody else, you know, invaded your mind and made you do this, that uh, Omega is saying to Crosshair, I'm putting this squarely on you. You make your own choices, and then that's who you are. And then throughout this whole season, but particularly this episode, uh, Omega's actions are, are really the proof of, of that conviction. Mm-hmm. All of her choices often, but particularly in this episode, they are just based on connection. It's just like my choice is that connection matters, that family matters. You know, she says, yeah. I was alone down here until you four were created. Uh, that's why I went and found you. That is such a clear, strong, beautiful motivation. And then time after time, she just she goes back uh, for Crosshair. She's not going to give up. She's the one who insisted on going back for Hunter to Camino in the first place, no matter what, you know. Yeah. Um, and she's the one who makes this, you know, deadly choice, potentially, yeah. to go back for AZ, yeah. Yeah. you know. And, and even though AZ is saying, look, this is who I am. Uh, I can't change my programming. Your safety and well-being is my primary mission objective. And Omega won't even accept that and says, you know, no, you to me, you are family. You're not just a droid on a mission. Uh, so again and again, she uh, demonstrates who she is by her active choices to make yeah. connection and family the most important thing. Yeah, and, and and would you say I'm almost asking more than stating? Just like particularly with AZ, it's like it's it's not this negative form of attachment, right? She she sees a chance to save someone. She sees and approaches it all the situations always with good faith. And it's like I'm going to risk uh, myself to to save you because I, I I know you know it's not a lost cause if you follow me on that. Versus we we dealt with Anakin kind of being like, no, I'm not going to let you go. I don't think Omega would do that. She sees where she, where she sees light. She goes. And, and that line of, I wanted to believe it was the inhibitor chip that made you like this, but I was wrong, is her admitting. Remember early in the season, she's literally the one that's like, it's not his fault. It's not his <laughs> fault. And then when that was challenge and challenge and challenge, she sees darkness and she's still going to do whatever she can to save Crosshair. But after a while, I think I don't think she'd be attached to the idea if if saving the, saving him was on the table, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that relationship with AZ. Yeah, it isn't about like I can't go on if he dies. It's not a it's not a selfish choice. It's like he was one of the only you know sentient beings in her life, right? And I think he even has an, a line earlier in the episode about you know that I'll be alone, uh, you yes. know, and just not yeah. wanting to leave him him behind because empathy and connection matters. Yeah, sorry, I was uh, cut you off. I apologize, but yeah, the I I I, I, I it was a powerful little line, and I will be left here on my own. Whoa, yeah. just so sad, and and uh, it made it even more powerful when Omega's like, "I ain't leaving you on your own." I ain't. Yeah, leaving. not on my watch, says Omega. Um, yeah, and then I think that just the powerful moment that Crosshair has said all these things, and he ultimately in this episode to me defines himself by his action, by his choice to save. AZ and Omega, right? Like he mm-hmm. did not have to do that, but it is this great Star Wars, you know, circle of empathy. Um, yeah. You know, coming, coming around of, you know, Omega worked so hard to save him, you know, mm-hmm. when she did not have to, and then he was nothing but cruel to her. <laughs> and yeah. then she even sat down and was like, I realize that you are choosing to be a jerk. <laughs> and a jerk is a, is a light way to say it. And, you know, all of those things getting through to Crosshair to the point where he, you know, makes that choice that ultimately is what defines him. He he can say all these things about I can't change and, you know, the Empire is what it is and that's all fine. Uh, but ultimately, it's that act that is, you know, his biggest choice in this episode. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a 
a thorn of the uh, the ice there on his heart. I don't know. We'll see what resonates. We'll see what moves him forward. We'll see. We'll see if uh, he understands that the empire only sees him as a number, and uh, you know, it gives me hope for some sort of redemption that particular moment. And and how he just plays it off though as a, well, we're even. That's all. That's all. That's all I did it for. That's <laughs> what are you talking about? That's what I did it for. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I'm I'm just keeping a ledger. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I really like the way that that it builds up to that climactic choice on Crosshair's part, and then you know that the button, the 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 end of of the Bad Batches part of this episode before we we see the Nala say uh, cliffhanger, uh, it's just so focused on this idea of yeah no the squad the family connection that's what matters most and. You know, great crosshairs, you know, has this has that discussion with Tech saying, like, look, being severe and unyielding, that's my nature. I can't change. <laughs> yeah. And then the and then the bad match kind of come back to him at the end of like, well, the, the part of who you are that's never going to change from our point of view is you're our family, you're our squad and really open door. Right. Of mm-hmm. offering to have him come along that great moment where Omega turns back and says, you're still there, brother crosshair. Mm-hmm. You're my brother, too, which is really moving on multiple levels because, you know, Omega has really wanted to be a part of the squad. And, you know, and you, now you get that sense of, well, she was, she was, she was with them when they were young. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that she's being admitted into the group. She's always been a part of the group. And her saying, you're my brother too, really feels like an ownership of, you know, I'm not the newbie in the squad. I've always been a part of the squad. And, and so are you Crosshair. And, you know, anytime as Wrecker says, uh, we still would have taken you and, and you get that sense that they still will in the future. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll use, uh, I'll use literal again here. That great <laughs> shot of, I think uh, there's a beat of the, the Marauders door is open as crosshairs goes back turn. Like it's your, it's right there. Turn around, <laughs> turn around. But uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not just to always tied to the Kylo stuff, but it's, it's like every point of uh, evidence of, uh, Hey, hey, turn, turn, turn back around. It just, it, 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 it's sometimes real tough to do that. And I get it, which is why I love, I love the stuff going on with Crosshair and Hunter where it, it is, it's, it's realistic. It, it, I understand sometimes you, uh, you know, I was, as a kid, I was kind of a shocker, grumpy little kid. And I'd be uh, pissed off in a corner of a restaurant, not having fun on a vacation. My mom, dad, and sister would be like, all right, we've, we're done asking you to get in the pool. You can sit there and not enjoy it. That's your choice. That's your choice. And uh, that's uh, also, too, I saw a little bit of myself and in, in, in Crosshair. It's not just stuff going on in my life with other people, but a little bit of myself of just like sometimes you're on a path and you're like, well, if I turn around, man, that I, I, I have to. I have to face a lot of things about myself. And, and, and that's tough. And that's tough. And that's a big Star Wars thing. Um, uh, it takes things to set it off. Omega. Uh, it's not necessarily one-to-one comparison to, to Luke and Return of the Jedi for me, but like, you're so right to point out that Omega is the one just kind of like, but I was wrong. That stung. That you could tell Crosshair's like, dude, got him <laughs> on a level uh, probably than Wrecker going, yeah, you're you're dumb. Like that wouldn't have got him. Those were his brothers, but this other person just kind of staying at playing. Like I thought you were something else. Nah, I was wrong about you. That hurts, man. And I, and I think it could set up a redemption in some way, maybe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, do you want to move on to the kind of how this episode reflects a bigger story and morality of Star Wars? Uh, does it? No. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. We uh, just dive into a little bit more to what we have been talking about here of how much Crosshair's journey is. It's the dark side without, you know, uh, <laughs> the lightning or the red saber. Um, 
and it is so powerfully reminiscent of everything uh, from Vader to Kylo to moments that you're talking about of that I think a lot of us can relate to where you you've you've got anger and maybe even it part of it's legitimate but you're yeah. you're angry to that point and you can't let go of it in that that just curdling awful part of anger where you know that you want to let it go you can you could go be be with people again and you could let the light back in but you're afraid to let the anger go gosh it's a, yeah. your picture of that on on vacation you know it this this is what i love about star wars of like you know, that's such a great human description of like, <laughs> I don't want to have fun in the pool, <laughs> yeah. but it is the same emotion that it's being, you know, described in this great operatic way, you know, yeah. Crosshair alone on the platform, you know, uh, uh, with uh, this idea that Hunter even saying, you know, we want different things, you know at least let's just be at peace. You know, we don't have to hunt each other. We don't have to fight each other. It doesn't mean we have to be enemies. And him just kind of sitting there and pouting with that. Like it really felt to me like, uh, like Vader in the hallway on Endor, right? When yeah. Luke's making the argument and Vader's like, it's too late for me, my son, you know, right. uh, that it really has that energy when he's like, well, we're, we're even now, but that's as far as I'm going to go. Or, you know, the dice disappearing in, in Kylo's hand, like the ship, the ship taken off and going cool crosshair. You, you, quote unquote one you got what you wanted which appears to be absolutely nothing <laughs> surrounded luck. by people who hate you yeah yeah no, yeah yeah and it, it change growth adaption fear i mean uh, you know i had i couldn't control the swimming pool i'm not a strong swimmer i hate swim trunks i was made fun <laughs> of being in a you know and nothing but swim trunks i was a gangly kid what i can control is pouting in the corner of a restaurant booth saying no 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 and that's why i, I look at crosshair and i'm like just get in the pool a hole <laughs> which is an ironic thing to say after they survived drowning multiple times but i agree with you maybe insensitive on my part <laughs> no i mean they they need to face their fears i i want to see for bad batch season two a big pool party with the whole family the whole squad <laughs> get in the pool <laughs> bringing a pool noodle cannonball right <laughs> Wrecker's going to cannonball and Tech's going to be there in his shorts still with his waterproof data pad uh, measuring exactly how high the wave went on that cannonball. It's it's beautiful to think about. According to my measurements, the chlorine is at 3% (laughs) higher than it should be. There is a very small but detectable percentage of urine in this pool. (laughs) Tech, just get in. Just get in. Uh, I have uh, one other thing I want to focus on here when we're talking about big picture in Star Wars, but I want to uh, pitch it back to you and see if there's anything else you want to focus on. There's some wonderful big, the big themes. Uh, I would, I'll probably ramble up more family vacation stuff, but I, uh, you know me, I'm, I love this, uh, what this show has done in terms of uh, setting up the future rebellion, which is uh, a ways away at this point, but the changing of the guard, so to speak. And it, it well, not so to speak, quite literally in, 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 in some, hey, there's that word again. Found an, I'll find an, I'll look up at the thesaurus. I'm sorry, people. Um, I just love uh, everything about this season, but about this episode is is um, emerging on the other side with new beliefs. So when you have those beliefs, you, you, again, going to going back a little bit of thematic stuff with Omega, just like I had a belief about you, uh, Crosshair. Then it was challenged, and I have I have changed my belief based on the facts and your actions in front of me. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens, uh, you know, down the line. But I think that's many in the galaxy and this this uh this season we got to see a lot of people whose thoughts and what they just came up and how they dealt with the war and now here they are 
a lot of it's being challenged and can you change, adapt, and perhaps maybe turn around on a path that you, you are on. And, and that's going to lead in a lot of corners of the galaxy, going to lead to the rebellion. And uh, I just, I've been fascinated watching that kind of play out. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of the story of the rebellion is accepting reality, right? Accepting Mm -hmm. that the empire is really that bad. They're really going to make everybody suffer. They are going to come to your planet and go, look, we opened a factory, new jobs. Actually, we're going to force you to work. Yeah. (laughs) And if you step out of line, you know, we will, you know, pretend to kill your senator to manipulate you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's great. That's great. It's a story of of change and accepting change, right? Accepting yeah. the reality of change. And then that scary moment where you have to make a, a choice mm-hmm. in how you adapt to that change or how you respond to it. Right. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, has uh, been throughout the show, but this episode really had this great, great focus on, on a sort of the Star Wars brand of empathy, right? Um, that just functionally in this episode, it feels like empathy wins the day of uh, would Crosshair have saved Omega if Omega hadn't saved him, right? That mm-hmm. this is part of the reason that I think he can't, he's trying to go like, oh, she, she's the leader. Oh, she led us to this bad choice. Are you letting this child uh, lead us? Oh, she's older than us. It doesn't matter. Anyway, like he's finding any, trying to find a way to hate Omega, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, or even be jealous of her because maybe did she take his spot in the squad? Did they choose her over him? He's trying to find any way to make it about anger mm-hmm. and hate. And she just keeps stymieing him, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I am going to keep rescuing you no matter what, you know? I'm going to, you know, in even that great conversation, <laughs> it, it really proves Omega's older than him uh, because it isn't, you know, I'm not, it's a real parent. I'm, you know, yeah. not mad at you. I'm just very disappointed in your choices, Crosshair, Ooh. right? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And even that has that energy of like successfully putting it back on him. So there's this yeah. literal circle of empathy wins the day. You know, yeah. uh, Omega was probably going to die because she is so empathetic and she couldn't let AZ go. Uh, but that circle of empathy of Crosshair not finding it in his heart to hate her because of the amount of kindness she keeps showing him. That was really powerful. Uh, but yeah. then really want to dive into this line that, that affected both of us of, of tech. Yeah. I, I think it is a thing that is prevalent in, in Star Wars themes when you dive in. But because tech is blunt, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is, it's perhaps stated in the most blunt way, which is so great. Understanding you does not mean that I agree with you, right? That's yeah. uh, when you're talking about uh, Crosshair saying, hey, thanks for the compliment on how I'm severe and unyielding and it's not my fault. I can't change. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was not a compliment, dude. Uh, understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. I think also when you you pair that with Hunter's kind of last line of, you know, we want different things, Crosshair, that doesn't mean we have to be enemies. Mm-hmm. To me, this is just like the most um, Jedi philosophy of when do you take action? Why do you take action? Uh, what can you um, tolerate in terms of just trying to show empathy and, and be different and be understanding? And when do you have to say, I'm sorry, that's a line I can't cross? Uh, I feel like it was this big idea of, look, we love you, Crosshair. We have empathy for you. You are our brother. 
you know, we can understand what you went through, that you did have the inhibitor chip at first and you, you do lean toward being severe and unyielding. So this really was hard for you. And we understand why you made those choices. We love you. We cannot support your choices. Yeah. And that to me is so powerful. That's like that Jedi philosophy of like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm offering you a different way to make this choice. Can we resolve this with diplomacy? Can we resolve this uh, with money? Can we resolve this in any way that isn't violence? Because mm-hmm. uh, that is absolutely our first choice. And we will only rise to violence when it is defense, when you are making a choice mm-hmm. that is going to hurt others. Yeah. And, and for me, it's just it's kind of one of the, the the bits of philosophy that that is strung all throughout Star Wars. It's just really meaningful to me, even in a real world scenario of like, mm-hmm. I can really understand why why certain people come to uh, different points of view. And if the yeah. different point of view is uh, I don't like the sequel trilogy, fair enough. I yeah. can live with that. It doesn't hurt me. It's a different point of view. And I can, eat, even though I disagree with you, I can even probably understand why. Yeah. Uh, but if those different points of view escalate to uh, anger and violence, and, and now I'm stepping away from the Star Wars uh, metaphor, but <laughs> in, you know, like, hey, I understand why you maybe hold this specific belief about the way the world works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you and I want to understand and I want to leave the door open for you understanding where I'm coming from. Yeah. And when it gets to a point where you have to make a different choice is, is, is actions, choices. Like yeah. your actions, your choices are hurting other people. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's just a power. I, I, I apologize for rambling. I'm, I'm wanting to find the right words. I yeah. think there is just a power to me. I've been thinking about this a lot with, um, you know, there can be a lot of anger on social media. And, and even people I agree with about things I agree with is sometimes just want to sit in that place of lashing out and while the other side is wrong. And yeah. a lot of times I just kind of feel like I just want to take a deep breath and say, what choice are we going to make? Yeah. Who are we going to vote for? What policy are we going to implement? What philosophy is supported by this policy? Because things aren't just the way they are. We choose them. And let's just get to the point of choosing because it isn't about me hating you. It's mm-hmm. about me saying, I think we should make the choice that is best for the most people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that, uh, it, it, I feel, you know, everything from huge choices in the real world to uh, how we choose to conduct ourselves on social media to, yeah. you know, whether whether these clones get to be friends. It's all to me bundled up in this idea of the difference between having empathy for a person and being willing to accept a, a harmful idea. Yeah, you 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 got you 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 were there number one, and you got there even better, sir. I know I know that we you and I try to s- s- thread a, a needle <laughs> on some of these discussions, <laughs> and I, this episode affected me very personally uh, to someone I consider a brother, and I, I, who I've lost over the last year. Of just uh, we we are too far apart in some things, and we are we are at the we're at this point. This tech line was a gut punch for me of just, it so rang true and it's easy to take a line, uh, even Hunter, we know what different things cross here. It doesn't mean we have to be enemies. You can inter- interpret that or apply it to, to your own life and cause in many, and maybe away from where Jennifer Corbett and the writing team intended it. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you can take something and, and, and use that as a shield and, I'm struggling too to just say like that, that moment of just like, this is kind of also what Star Wars is about. This battle, this choice, this rebellion was about that of, of, of yes, there's uh, 
uh, as uh, clerks would point out, there's probably just some contractors on the Death Star doing their job. But 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 what choices brought them there, and and what truths were they faced with? And at some point, I, I can't stand with you. I can't support you. And it and it it can sever things. And uh, doors should be left open. That's a lesson I took from this episode. And 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 some. But sometimes you have to get on the ship and fly away. Uh, and, and, and not to tie that to the rebellion because <laughs> I'm pulling <laughs> out of my own real life right now. Um, but that star Wars is a, is a comfort and star Wars is a guide still for me, even this old gray bearded man, it's still a lesson every week. So anyways, I, I, I know where you're coming from. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think it's a, it, it, it's a beauty of this episode, you know, coming back to j- just, you know, this episode of this idea of like, like the door is always open. You're always welcome. You're our brother. Uh, we love you. We think you're making bad choices. Uh, so let us know when you want to talk. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great for a big action adventure serial. Is it, no, but this is amazing for a cartoon, you know, because <laughs> I know there's some still like, oh, what is that? A Star Wars cartoon? No, this is why I'm constantly rewarded every week and why the joy of that Lucasfilm logo popping up on a screen or on a book page or a comic page is, is, is bringing a new Star Wars story that could potentially affect you. Yeah, absolutely. And it clearly affected us uh, both in big ways. Uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about, Ken, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about some of the fun details of uh, the adventure and the comedy and the canon and all that. A- anything else for you? No, let's do it, my friend. Excellent. We will be back in just a moment. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. And we are back to dive deep into all of our favorite moments from this uh, big finale of Bad Batch Season 1. Ken, let's get into the action. Did you have a favorite action moment? Yeah, after I worked through all the personal connections and lessons, <laughs> I had to go back and watch some action. I just wanted to put this. We're going to go into some details uh, here. But uh, for my favorite action moment, I just wrote AZ. AZ. <laughs> what a hero. You and I uh, just did that droid episode. I think let's redo it and just do all AZ stuff. <laughs> this was a... Uh, that was it Ben Diskin? Dis, Diskin? I don't. I didn't write that name down. I Ben did the voice. Um, great all around of a cute little like it's a cute little floating. Hi, I'm Az. And it just it was what a hero. What a hero this episode. Oh, I loved everything that Az was doing. Yeah, no, Az was great and lots of great little uh, noises and whirring and buzzing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Az was a champ for the in the action moments and very emotional. Um, I think for me, uh, it's such a fascinating episode because in some ways it's the whole thing is a, is a chase, a, you know, a race against death. Uh, but then there's these isolated moments. I, I really loved Omega using her crossbow to, to hit the wreckage, uh, pinning crosshair, and then just really tossing it aside. There's just great energy there of like, I am focused on saving just her precision with the crossbow is clearly there. She's been training. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just that. Like, I am dedicated to saving Crosshair. There's no hem in her hawing. It's just such forward energy. And my first viewing of this episode, watched it once at night and once this morning, uh, I had great tension of like, oh, no, she's going to leave her crossbow behind. Yeah. I just so love that crossbow. It's her little, you know, a part of her identity. Like, she yeah. went and picked something unique and individual like uh, all of her brothers have. Um, 
So I was like, oh, oh, it's great that you saved Crosshair. Don't lose the crossbow. Oh, <laughs> I was so, God. I was watching for it. I was distracted when the water's rushing in. like, where's that crossbow? Uh, but clearly she gets it back on her back. So it's all good. Hey, look, we we all tracked a very, uh, very fun weapon, the pulse rifle, and then it disappeared on us. So it's, it's, it's a fear. <laughs> it's a valid fear. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that. And I love the energy of tossing it aside. Mm-hmm. No, great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, and by the way, because we can get obsessive about these things, it was Ben Diskin, D-I-S-K-I-N, who did a lot of voices in the Clone Wars. Uh, I, I really loved his work as AC. So anyways, all right, I can sleep at night. Uh, uh, yeah. No, real quick, a button on that uh, for, for that voice work of uh, it is definitely in the school of Clone Wars uh, fun comedy voices, but in this episode really stayed within it's still a fun comedy voice but found just a range of emotion so amazing job yeah wonderful indeed and and uh it was uh, um, az was in the clone wars right az3 uh i think so but i I would need to look that one up i'll look it up as as we talk why don't you uh share your next uh, action moment i will indeed um i uh i i I actually this is a question i I asked the uh, the court here uh can i say the opening scene because it was destruction it was destruction of camino (laughs) but uh the the alarms blaring uh which is uh, a great star wars staple uh, I saw Whitworth tweeting out that today about uh, David Collins and uh, his use of that in Force Unleashed, everything there. Um, but that facility collapsing into the sea, which we were seeing last week, but just there was something about it in the beginning. The Star Destroyer shooting down. Man, holy crap. I just, I, it, it was it was a bad action moment, but I just, I love that there and the energy and the darkness behind it. Oh, yeah. No, I think a great choice. Yeah, the, those horrible horns, the the utter lightning, the, just the utter lightning, the utter destruction and the great lightning. And then that look on, on Rampart's face, which was none. Yeah. <laughs> just absolutely devoid of emotion. Uh, yes, you're totally right. Uh, AZ-3 is introduced in the Clone Wars and uh, is throughout the arc uh, where Fives discovers the possibility of the inhibitor chips. Right, right, yeah, yeah. See, there's so much Star Wars out there that sometimes the little details slip our minds, and uh, we just always want to make sure we're right and make sure we have no reasons for anyone to tweet us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm looking forward, then, uh, as we get back to our Clone Wars report, uh, watching all the seasons, getting back to that arc and reuniting with our new buddy, AZ-3, our new yes. old buddy, AZ-3. And uh, now let's say as well, yes. Yeah, so great. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. Can, we can, both of us are like, all right, cool. We got that credit right. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, for me, another action moment. You know, I, I love the presence of the of the creature. I think um, there's a lot throughout Star Wars that is yeah. about the, you know, the uh, rigid and the mechanical versus the organic and the flowing. And there's definitely a lot of that as they try to survive in a in a technologically made structure as they're attacked by an organic beast that can no longer be kept away by the technology. (laughs) Uh, But man, that all of it was great. All of it was fun. AZ three being a hero and and doing the shock and then the creature surviving uh, is great. Just a a little shock (laughs) and the creature moves on. But there's this one shot where it's just, the creature's just emerging from the watery depths and there's that straight on shot in this, in the silhouettes of the the clones running. So great. Oh yeah. No, there's some, Dare I say it? Beautiful, beautiful imagery in there. Yeah, no, a uh, big old giant monstrous grumpy space turtles. What I I was describing it. Uh, uh, I don't need to know the official designation. That's grumpy space turtle is my, uh, or maybe it's hungry space turtle. Um, loved it. <laughs> well, the, the two are united, right? Grumpy and hungry. Yeah, and trust me, they are. Um, yeah, no, it just what it and a wonderful Star Wars tradition, right? Uh, organic nature, tech, all that thing, but also giant sea monsters. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last one for me, because in a way there was kind of constant action, but also not as many specific beats of action. There weren't, you know, like fights. Um, the medical capsule sequence of them mm-hmm. avoiding uh, the debris that was so great. It was uh, it was that kind of thing that was so so emotionally involved in it. Such a a powerful, deep, mythic kind of image uh, that for me, I was like, I'm pretty sure everybody, but az is going to survive i kind of thought az was not going to make it same um that there was there was just high stakes because it was so beautiful it was so well done it felt so visceral mm-hmm. um and i think it's kind of unique in star wars we've definitely had some like hey we're going through a debris field but not uh underwater in the the tubes that either literally birthed you or are symbolic of birthing you <laughs> yeah yeah deep Deep, deep in, in, in a fun action sequence because a lot of it too and I, i'm like you too it's like but even when it looked like it was happening that az was dying i was like oh man this is this 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 was i was i just i didn't cry but i gotta tell you i i had the tears in the chamber ready to fire i was oh we're gonna, we're gonna do this i think i'm gonna do this i'm gonna let this happen um and it happened but also it just it reminded me of some video game level right like, yeah. Avoid the debris. Swim up. Swim down. Swim, get get to safety. That sounds like a maddening, you know, level oh, where you're, yeah. you're like the whole video game. You've been playing the Bad Batch, and suddenly you have to play AZ, and he moves differently, and you've got to manage to get all the four capsules away from the wreckage. Oh my lord! Been there. Been there. <laughs> uh, any other favorite uh, moments of action? I did love uh, that whole rescuing. Um, the crosshair AZ uh, Omega stuff in the beginning as the uh, uh, platform the facility is, is collapsing. It was, it was, was just amazing. And, and just the wrecker prying the door open and then, but everyone trying and, and good use of tension and, and, you know, and, you know, logic dictates, you know, yeah, we're in the beginning of the episode. I don't think anyone's going to die. Right. But the suspension of disbelief was really strong for me there. Cause it just was uh, the water rushing in that, that that's powerful imagery that's just powerful in itself so i don't want to be in that situation and like it, it the panic the tension uh really well done well directed well well put together yeah absolutely very very i think you can feel it right because it's yeah. it, it everybody kind of knows that sensation of being underwater uh, i would think most people yeah. uh, do and and it's it's very visceral so very successful yeah. um i thought this was a as we've been talking about a, a deep and a moving episode but for me it had a lot of great moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. So, uh, so let's dive into those. Uh, where did you go first? Uh, tech was on fire. Uh, I, I love, uh, you know, we talked about some of his more emotional lines, which also, that's the thing with Tech this whole season. A lot of his really funny lines are also very emotional and true and insightful and um, a lot of that. But I, um, I really loved the, ironically, our old barracks is one of the few compartments habitable, albeit temporarily. Oh yeah, yeah, we're just gonna move in here, Tech. Yeah, yeah got it. I claim that bunk. Come on, it was hilarious. You know that was great. You get the sense that at some point in his life, somebody talked to Tech about irony. He looked it up, and like he has <laughs> this is growth that he has mastered it so accurately. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the the first one for me was kind of a, a good uh, old uh, Tech and Wrecker uh, two part uh, bit of comedy there. Uh, and it was during a very high stakes moment, but it made me laugh of them trying to get that door open right at the beginning. And Tech says, I cannot override the protocols from here. And Wrecker says, I can and pulls out the big knife, you know, and just <laughs> that contrast between him that that's how Wrecker overrides protocols by 
shredding, ripping, pushing. I'm telling you, it's me. Anytime that I do play a D&D game, that is me. And everyone else is like, nope, we're rolling for this. I'm like, I'm charging ahead. <laughs> Leroy right? Jenkins. That's me. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a big Leroy Jenkins energy, and I love that. Uh, uh, another one for me uh, was AZ. I thought had a lot of great lines. So many, I didn't write them all down. But I liked early on when AZ says, and it, it sounds like he's just he's trying to impart helpful information and says, you survived the aerial bombardment, but are now moments away from drowning. <laughs> Again, this was a complete performance from AZ. Yes, because that I, that I wrote down a couple of his too, but only when the tunnel is operational. Which it is not. <laughs> yes, that was a really, really good one. Uh, my other AZ one that I really like is uh, when he, you know, was rushing off to try to uh, get the power back on to stop the creature. He just shouts real quick, try to stay alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is always just great, uh, great uh, advice in general, uh, but, but funny in this uh, scenario that it was a directive. Um, and I, I've got a particular... Uh, connection to that joke of like, yeah, being alive, that is kind of the primary goal. You don't need to to really separate it. Um, there was this, uh, when I was doing the Minnesota Fringe Festival a lot, which is a massive uh, performance festival, uh, there'd uh, be a lot of previews where you, you get to see all sorts of like 30 acts, uh, you know, in two hours. Everybody has three minutes. And there's this charming guy uh, who did kind of stand up in, in one person shows. And he's just very weird in that weird way that you you can't tell if is that just who you are or are you kind of playing a character right and he was talking about his heritage and how his parents had a very very successful uh, italian restaurant he's a very very successful restaurant no one died and then he just moved on like <laughs> it's always cracked up me up sometimes when i have a sh show i'll tweet like it's a great show there there was a uh, laughter no one died because i've just always liked that as like that's the threshold of success. That's, that's the barometer. That's yeah. Anyway, slight divergence, but that line really yeah, got don't, me. Don't get you and I started on comedy and jokes here. We'll go for another hour, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, at the risk of that, any other uh, lines that you wanted to share of, uh, did, of comedy? Yeah, one one big AZ one again for me was the, uh, it would seem that once again, pause, ellipses, we are trapped. <laughs> Which would be very, like almost like pitching an episode, pitching a movie or something like, and then they, and then they get trapped again. And then they get trapped. Uh, so I just loved, uh, love the AZ, AZ's beats and energy. Timing was perfect all through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple more for me. Uh, this is one that you benefit from uh, having the uh, the captions on. Uh, Tech is uh, examining his data pad and he says, most of the facility must be, and then it says explosion. <laughs> uh, I also liked uh, their discussion about the barracks. Is it was great uh, to have Wrecker reconnect to his his uh, hash marks on the wall, and I liked Echo saying, "At least the smell's gone." Yes, uh, and then final. Go ahead. Sorry, I said thank you, Echo. Echo, Echo, thank you. Uh, final one for me is uh, Crosshair gets a, a funny line, in my opinion, <laughs> when he says. Something on your tiny mind, Wrecker. <laughs> cruel, cruel, but funny. Yeah, yeah. Anything else for you? Uh, no, a lot of a lot of wonderful moments all the way through. You're you're right. A lot of a lot of character based comedy, which has been uh, just. I really thought they they did such a great job because the Bad Batch being clones and brothers and 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 one performer, man, just a really uh, one of the ways they distinguish it is 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 this the comedy in each each version of themselves you know each each joke each style they're bringing to the table it really worked 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so with that, then, we will move on to the canon lore connections. This is sometimes one of the longest parts of the podcast. Uh, but I felt like because a lot of just the whole episode was them just trapped in the wreckage of, uh, of past canon now yeah. of poor Topoca City, that there wasn't quite as much. Uh, a couple things I wanted to dig into, though, with you. Um, the the tech stuff, uh, or rather text line about Omega, clarifying that uh, Omega was created before us. Technically, she's older than we are. Uh, how did that grab you in terms of what that ultimately means? Like, we can disappear into the sort of the canon of like, yeah, the clones are, uh, most clones have uh, their age uh, speed enhanced, right? And that's one of the unique things about Boba Fett and clearly about Omega. Uh, but throwing that out there, really reminding us of that possibility. Not only does it make it so like Omega is like, um, I've always been a part of the squad. We, we were here together. You didn't know that, but I did. It gives us that emotional perspective. Right. Uh, but then this whole season has been like, we got to take care of this kid. We got to teach her about the galaxy. We got to teach her about how to get by, how to survive. For you, canon-wise, like, what is this saying about age versus experience and how that relates to the whole story of the clones? I mean, it, 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 it touches on generations that are often at war with each other uh, and what you can learn either direction, but also the value of, of we talk big themes about change and, and, and growth and moving forward. And, and often it is uh, the generation behind you, the generation or two behind you uh, coming along and, 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 and looking at things differently, looking at things in a more pure, more direct way as Omega does and, and being able to learn. I saw a tweet go out um, last week about, um, uh, uh, or I saw it this week, but going about last week's episode about Hunter, like apologizing to Omega for bringing you back to Camino when I, when you know, I promised you wouldn't have to. And just the idea of like, as a, as a parent or as an adult, you can't apologize to, to children. I think it, if you want to go to the emotional way, I, I follow it that way uh, a lot. I, I think it's pretty powerful stuff to, to, to use uh, in, a, in a show that going back to episode two with Cut Laquane and Sue Laquane, it was very much about parenting at that moment. Um, I thought it was a good use of that. And then just a, Star Wars canony way to, to explain it, if, if you will. If, if that makes any sense. I don't know if sometimes I'm in my head on it, but uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if you're, you're kind of new to Star Wars and you jumped in and you didn't know that uh, that history that most clones have, you know, their aging sped up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd, that'd be a, a fun head twist. I, I think for me, it just got me thinking about, you know, what is the difference between age versus experience? You know, ages and everything. Uh, and and the, uh, Star Wars often does have a perspective that experience matters a lot. In fact, it's one of Rex's, you know, in his, mm. you know, original appearance in the Clone Wars movie. Um, it's such an important quote from him when Ahsoka and Anakin are kind of bickering. And it is about Ahsoka's age. He, You know, he's kind of really saying it's not about age. Uh, you know, I think experience is the big yeah. thing. I'm paraphrasing. Uh but it just it kind of for me it had a little bit of a feeling of full circle of like uh, experience matters and and Omega is sharing her experience of things that she knows that that they don't because she was on Camino and then they had a lot to teach her about the galaxy because they had that experience and it's not necessarily about age it's about experience yeah that's a great way to look at it by the way you paraphrased that Rex quote so did I when I missed the question in a big schmodown so. <laughs> I remember that I remember that because uh, that was one of those like ah I wrote that down I know that I know that <laughs> uh, another just this is a kind of maybe stretching uh, the discussion of canon and lore but 
we mentioned it briefly. I really responded to Hunter's line about the Empire saying to Crosshair, all you will ever be to them is a number. Uh, you know, that is a truth about how the Empire is not family, not a squad, uh, that they are they are users and they will throw Crosshair away as they just did. Uh, but so much of the journey of the Clone Wars has been this story of we are individuals. We are not just our numbers. You know, we are we are luminous beings as a as Yoda made it clear. I just really like that idea coming back. This is in a story that is about the end of the era of the clones that there's so much conviction from Hunter. Uh, they've always been more unique, more individuals, you know, mm-hmm. looking down on the regs and just like that, that is kind of the most direct and cutting way that he can criticize the empire is you will always be a number to them. I, I thought that was really powerful. No, it was, it was a great moment. And I'm very glad you pointed out, I, 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 not to make light of it, but it sounds like he's like shop, Local, not Target, but, you know, you know I, I get it. No, uh, but no, no, I, I, in a lot of ways, and, and it's that faceless oppression of the empire, that's uh, it's why it uh, spreads like wildfire. It's just so easy to, you know, like you, you talked about Hunter through, or Crosshair through his uh, scope, seeing the, the galaxy, you know, and, and at a distance. And so it all kind of fuels into uh, flows and, and it fuels the empire's uh, operations. Is uh, You're a number, you're nothing, you're not a personality, and it's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving along there, uh, just a couple other things. We don't. Uh, Wikipedia is not even updated yet for this episode, so I'm not Uh-oh. sure what the what what Star Wars editors are thinking. But that cloning facility that we head to in the final scene, that planet looked a lot like Daro to me, like the uh, planet where we saw the um, the War Mantle installation. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It did. It did. Right. Yeah, with the crater. The cr- yeah, I, I, I would. We'll see. Right. But yeah, total, total we'll see. And maybe it's the kind of thing that by the time we're done recording, <laughs> yes. there'll be confirmation or denial. But I kind of like that because uh, Daro is a new planet mm-hmm. and this is a new you know part of the era where we're really focusing on, you know, uh, uh, the the development of the stormtroopers war mantle. What, what is the you know Empire and Palpatine working to right away here at the uh, at the beginning of the Empire? I like a new planet to explore some of those things. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, always like new, new is good. And, and it's a wonderful design, whatever that planet is. If it is Daro, it's a, it's a wonderful design planet. I, I immediately wanted to, so the, the, the snow cap mushroom mountain basis or whatever's going on. There's a great design. <laughs> yeah. Those grassy hills, which appear to be containing evil. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Uh, then only other thing for me in Canon is that, uh, I'm sure people will be excited that, that, cloning scientist uh, that greets Nalase in a terrifying way, uh, of course, does have a very similar uniform and patch to Dr. Pershing in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, that cloning scientist says, the Empire has big things planned for you. Uh, we've got bits and pieces in The Mandalorian, which is, of course, uh, much further down the, the timeline of, uh, of seeing the results of potential Imperial cloning. Uh, but it really does suggest that, you know, Dr. Pershing is, uh, you know, an extension of of the Kaminoan technology that the Empire made their own, that there's these cloning scientists working away all these uh, decades and uh, even surviving into an Imperial remnant. Uh, Dr. Pershing is probably, you know, somebody who uh, survived whatever happens to that facility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would love in season two. would really love, like, uh, here's our new intern, <laughs> Bob Pershing or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> the, the Doogie Hauser of cloning scientists. Yeah. yeah. Real young. Yeah, I would. And, 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 it, and it makes a lot of sense in connecting the big canon of it all. We can go straight to Grogu, all those kind of things. But 
you know, it, it makes total sense that Palpatine would not want to leave any of this behind, whether or not he wants to use the, the troops or not. And Tarkin and Rampart got a, uh, well, check the budget on this. It's a little better to go this way. And, uh, you know, in theory with committed, uh, committed, uh, troops that sign up versus the clones where all that makes sense, but it just, I, I love the idea that, yeah, na- naturally Palpatine's like, yeah, des- destroy it, but eh, take some of those, uh, take some of the paperwork they got over there. Yeah, because I, I got some things that I might want to try, you know, and then there's, a I think, uh, the obvious stuff of building towards the events of the sequel trilogy. How mm-hmm. was Snow created? The uh, clone bodies uh, for Palpatine, the eventual creation of uh, of Rey's uh, parent. Uh, all that stuff is absolutely, like, exciting, thrilling, meaty stuff that could be explored, uh, and this is laying the groundwork for it. So I think that's all just great, fun canon stuff to be excited for, and there's just so much room for, like, what other weird, horrible stuff was Palpatine like? Try to clone that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, right? Like, you know, a Zillow beast, anything doesn't matter, you know? That's that's what I got my list, like that Zillow beast thread. That, that was yeah. one of my, my hopes for the next season. Yeah? <laughs> was, uh, yeah, let's get some experimenting with uh, Zillow beast parts. Okay, I like this. I would love that. Uh, we're going to get into hopes for next season in just a moment. Uh, but was there anything else, canon lore connection that popped out to you? I mean, um, that, that uh, we've talked a lot about shedding a tear for Camino, which I, I admit it, and I've seen some of the discussion on that of not everyone's so emotionally connected to Camino. And I got to tell you, I wasn't necessarily either over the years, but it's just one of those things. It was so new and kind of different in 2002 and then it grows on you. Then you play video games at it. You read stories there. You go back there, the clone wars and man, it just, it snuck up on me uh, speaking for myself personally. And, and, and I was uh, even that final shot of Omega kind of looking out at the, the over the, the ocean with the sun out, but the smoke uh, billowing in the background, like ah, that, 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 that's a weird uh, emotional canon connection. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you the next time I watch attack the clones, I'll probably have a different feeling about that planet. I agree that one shot in particular too, when they are uh, they freeze because they're watching those those huge racks of mm-hmm. of the birthing pods mm-hmm. um, fall into the ocean. It's really it's really powerful that like even though I think it's because it's it's the in some ways it's the story of the of the clones right attack the clones. Right. It's mostly presented as ah this was a trick uh, by the Sith and the galaxy has fallen into war. The thing that our hero uh, Padme is trying to prevent the entire movie. And it's a, and Yoda confirms this is a failure. Look at all these uh, faceless soldiers of war. Uh, And that's a part of it. But then we get to know them and we know that that is a place where like individuals were born. They sat in their bunks and and joked about who's better at dating. And you get to wonder how do they date? (laughs) There's all these moments of humanity, you know, Uh, just, that that it's so great that it starts in Attack of the Clones is a, is a place where an army is born. But then we get to know it as a place uh, where individuals are bo- born, a place of humanity, and now just mercilessly destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Gut punch. Gut punch. Uh, was there anything in this episode then that you disliked or questioned or wrestled with? No, I, this was a pretty streamlined episode. Uh, I take your point up top, which again, what you weren't saying as a criticism of the episode, just an observation. Uh, I, I get that, uh, but this just was a real powerful running from A to B episode for, for me, and and I, I really liked it. So uh, I honestly uh, don't question or dislike anything. 
Yeah, I think the only thing for me that uh, would fit into this category is there was a thing throughout the opening this first season uh, where Echo never really super got the spotlight on him. Um, I feel like there was great clarity to Echo, and I think Echo is super important. I think Echo is the one who's been making this argument of like, well, we can still be soldiers. We just need to fight back against the Empire. I think Echo has at different points been our our perspective character because he literally went through what we the audience did of like i went through kind of the traditional clone wars i was at all these important battles i know all these jedi you know Uh, so he was uh, the person who sometimes like you guys were out on your own weird mission i kind of know the the more straightforward Mm -hmm. history of uh the clones and the jedi uh so he he had a couple of really important perspectives uh Mm -hmm. but there was never like an echo episode and in this episode you know there wasn't a ton of focus on Echo. He got a, a, a couple of good lines, yeah. uh, but he was, you know, a little bit more in the in the background. And I think for me that this is just an exercise in Jedi patience, because I think ultimately there's going to be a lot of Echo focus because I think he is the pull toward larger purpose. He is the pull toward the rebellion. Yeah. We've seen that just a little bit where he's like, we could be like Trace and Rafa. You know, we could be like Rex. Uh, and Hunter's like, uh, 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 not right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is great groundwork for some real echo exploration in the in the second season as, as they get more and more tempted to be pulled towards that larger purpose of rebellion. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I take that. Take that. Agree with you there. Awesome. Well, let's talk about hopes for the next season then. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, where are you at? What are you what are you dreaming of? Um, dreaming. I am dreaming of. Uh, the next phase of moving forward and some of those names you just talked about and the big choices that they've made just to get this part. And it is about family and connection, all those things Hunter said, but I think it would be really interesting to see as, as that uh, foot of oppression has really uh, begun pressing down and, and, and the waves are being felt throughout the galaxy and people understanding maybe now what it means uh, throughout the galaxy. And if, if they're out and about, you know, we still got the, you know, Gregor's back at SIDS uh, hanging out, having some Mantel mix, uh, just right, what are they coming back? Uh, running up their bill. Yeah, running up the tab, indeed. So I, I I don't know if I'm – I'm not suggesting that they suddenly are a rebel cell. I think it even is too early in the story. Uh, but going in that direction, I think you're right to point out Echo kind of leading the way in that, and I'd be okay with that uh, being kind of the focus going forward. Or at least yeah. Reason, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a, a couple things. I think the big picture one is I think the possi- a possibility that, you know, if this first season was about this uh, this divide between the rest of the Bad Batch and Crosshair and, you know, Omega learning about the uh, realities of the galaxy from the Bad Batch, but the Bad Batch learning a little bit more, you know, humanity and emotion and connection from Omega and mm-hmm. all these great themes and ideas. I, I think that there's a big possibility that the second season is okay, let, let's take what we've learned yeah. that Omega is focused on empathy. You know, you even had those lines of like, well, isn't this what soldiers do, help people? And like kind of issue by issue, Hunter's all like, okay, well, that's good. that's a risk, but I guess we'll rescue that person, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and Echo's the same of like, we don't leave anybody behind. And I think at some point here, Echo and Omega are going to come together and go like, well, hey, Hunter, if you always agree in the micro that we should help people, let's look at the macro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole galaxy needs help. So what are we doing about that? I, I feel like that I'd be really intrigued if that was kind of the the big slow burn story of the second season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take, yeah. Taking what you learn, move forward. That's pretty straightforward. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, of course, Zilla Beast cloning. That's yep. absolutely on my wish list. Yep. Um, 
I'm still on Hondo Watch. That's on my list. Uh, the Boba Fett arc, I feel like they laid the yeah. groundwork for it. I really trust them to finish Boba Fett's uh, story of uh, coming of age story of coming into the armor. I think still great possibility to interweave his story uh, with Omega, with the Bad Batch, without taking anything away from them. Get him in that armor. Uh, have him take down Cad Bane to, to claim the mantle mm. of the, the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy. I really think there's room room for that here. Yeah. Uh, and my final thing, Ken, which might be controversial, Uh-oh. is uh, I would love an encounter with a Jedi. I, I think this show has so much been about this moment in the galaxy. And, you know, we've got to spend a lot of time with, um, you know, uh, Force-sensitive people. We've got to understand yeah. what what uh, they go through from Jedi Fallen Order with Cal Kestis to uh, the Rebels with Kanan. But seeing it through the clone's eyes, seeing a Jedi, you know, having their entire world, their entire galaxy changed would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and it fits, right? We know this is... a. Post order order sixty six. We've got a lot of options out there. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think that would really work. And 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 who it is, I'll leave it up to them to decide. I, I don't need a, a name I know or something someone brand new. I just think the concept of a Jedi during this time. Yeah, and maybe yeah, it, maybe it's a Jedi that you know, doesn't want to fight. A Jedi that's on the run. I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah. We've encountered a couple of those in Invader comics, and that's really interesting. You know, to have a Jedi be like, no, I, you know, I, I settled down. I tried to have a family. I left that world behind yeah. uh, because I don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Omega giving him a, so I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Look, would be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd be thrilled with a new Jedi, but. I, Quinlan Voss is in in Canyon is on the Empire's list of suspected to be alive. I'd love a Quinlan Voss appearance. I I yeah, I'll get behind that. Yeah, awesome, awesome. There's my big controversial statement. Uh, <laughs> starting my hashtags for uh, Quinlan Voss Bad Batch season two. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, looking forward with the you know, crosshair stuff and and the the you know I I want him to con- 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 keep continuing to think he's he's made the right choice for himself as he as he starts to really analyze that maybe uh he pull, pull be, being pulled apart at the seams would be interesting to see what ha- what happens yeah yeah and i lied i have one other hope for uh, next season is uh, i really am excited to just see the style of storytelling uh that this show clearly is continue which it has these big pictures story arcs these big picture themes uh but it really takes its time to develop uh, the characters and the ideas, which means sometimes there's a little bit more of an episodic adventure where the characters grow a little bit, but for the most part, we just go on a fun adventure with people we like. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally excited for, you know, what is just the, the random episode where, oh no, somebody cloned a Zilla Beast and they gotta fight it. <laughs> I'm happy with yeah. that. A Bad Batch horror, horror short, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Bad Batch goes to a pool party as we've been pitching this uh, this episode of the podcast. Love that. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Um, I, I have no great insight into this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I just want to address this. The, the, one of the constant criticisms this season of, of these cameos and names we know, and I think some cases it's it's valid, and some of them I just don't think they're character they're cameos. I think they're well used characters in these things. Uh, you and I here are never here to take away anyone's um you know uh, belief in their own uh, an- analysis of the show or anything and 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 not here to say we're right you're wrong but i just i i just love what this show did with these characters we knew that were all at one point brand new to us mm-hmm. and all at one point were 
uh, new faces in, in a story that's ongoing and to be able to use them and, and, and weave them into the story that now Trace and Rafa, to me, is a great example um, of, of just having just super validated for being in there. There aren't just one offs in Clone Wars. They're there. They're part of the galaxy. And with them, they carry great lessons for us, the audience and the characters in the show. I think all, all of these uh, characters have popped up. Were, were used really well. And I get it. Like Mando season two had some moments for me where I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. They, okay. Yeah. That person's here and uh, it's there. So I, I get the discussion and uh, it is a little bit like tech. I, I understand. That doesn't mean I have to agree, um, <laughs> but I still feel the show can do that. And there's so many names and you're to Hondo and Boba Fett and Cad Bane. Uh, I am, uh, this isn't a fist on a table. I just, the, the, the making the galaxy seem small, is isn't an isn't an accurate uh, way to look at it for me. Uh, I think it is using uh, wonderful characters that are created for this story and, and using him to to reflect things back onto our our leads. And I thought it was done really well. Not a rant, not anything. I just you see that every week. That was the talking point, and it's always going to be. But I personally uh, really stand by the decisions they've made on the show. I really agree. I think you said that really well, or, or I could say well said, um, that uh, you, you these characters that have popped up, they speak to all of their other appearances and make their other appearances more rich and varied and interesting. You know, Gregor is from one of the arcs that people are the hardest on in the Clone Wars, right? Yep. Appearing with Mr. Borkus, perhaps mm-hmm. the silliest name in all of Star Wars. Right. And now when you go back and watch that, it's going to have this extra... Oomph, uh, because we're watching his whole journey. So there's that part of it. Uh, but the biggest thing to me, and I think you nailed it, is these characters showing up inform our main characters. In every character that would be interested in popping up in season two, from Quinlan Voss to Zillow Beast, it is because I think they would inform these big decisions uh, that our, our main characters ultimately have to make. Yeah, and, and, and there's been a lot of new presented into the, into the Star Wars world from this show. Uh, Rhea Perlman in Star Wars is still one of the great victories. So we'll we'll celebrate here as Sid uh, and uh, and in Omega, which is yeah, look right from the start a great character. Give me a bottle episode in in Sid's parlor. I, I would be yeah. thrilled. That'd be great. Yeah. Um. So for things uh that that I wanted to shout out here at the end, uh, this episode had great wipes. It's a weird note for me to write down. Great wipes, but uh, you know, great Star Wars tradition of using those uh, very specific kinds of transitions. And I thought there were a ton of them. And they just looked great and felt great in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really liked the music choice at the end. Those ominous, unresolved chords. They almost sounded oh, yeah. a little like the Imperial alarms at the at the beginning. So this episode felt kind of full circle on itself. And I just, I really liked ending that way of like you know. Uh, there, there's a lot of horror and challenges to come. It was a great way to have this kind of like slow cliffhangers, I've called it. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I wanted to be sure to shout out is, man, uh, at the beginning when Rampart is blasting away to Poker City, uh, I love that it's a clone who has to report to him, right? Yeah. Because there's a mixture uh, on, you know, working now of... Uh, of these new TK troopers and in clones is a clone who pushed the button to fire on Topoka city. Right. Yep. Uh, and then this clone says, you know, the cities have been destroyed, sir. Uh, all Camino and facilities have collapsed into the sea and just got that little pause. Clearly a clone who's uh, believes soldiers follow orders and is going along with it. But I truly feel 
that uh, D. Bradley Baker should get an Emmy for that line delivery specifically. <laughs> that one. I won't complain if he gets an Emmy for the whole thing, but uh, I do think like he, he should be nominated for this episode specifically yeah. and partially because of that line. What a picture of a soldier who's just following orders by saying, it's done, we've wiped out my home. Yeah. And just that little pause in there of pain. Mm, great. No, great indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the winner for best one line in an anime show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything else uh, for you or shall we move on to our fun question? Let's move on. What a fun season to discuss. Yeah, we've had a ton of fun with this uh, fun question that we wrap up with. If we could have a figure or toy inspired from this episode, what do we want? So, Ken, what do you got? I think you need the cloning uh, birthing tubes bath time playset <laughs> for the younger crowd, or if you want to take a bath and play with these now. Uh, who doesn't love uh, or remember loving dumping all your toys in the bathtub and playing with them? Well, these ones can uh, you can fit a three and three quarter figure in only one. Sorry, it's like a record tube, and then the, you can just submerge them and then pop them up, and then you too can enjoy the rebirth of going forward in life. I absolutely love this. Uh, I had two ideas. One is a a life-size Camino and medical capsule that you could seal and just float on lakes. That's great. That's comfortable. (laughs) You could pretend to be acting it out, but really you're just floating on a lake and it's great. Totally sealed away. Uh, And then because I just always want more three and three quarter action figures, I want just your standard straightforward. here's, Here's the pack of the Bad Batch uh, three and three quarter action figures. That's my main want. I want a tech three and three quarter action figure. But then I want a separate set that's from this episode that's called just Wet Bad Batch. And it is molded action figures of all of them with their hair slightly damp. Hair wet. Uh, Omega's hair all tussled. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. There's some great tussling. Great tussling. And it should be commemorated in plastic, I say. Love it. And with that, Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? I will. Thank you for listening to the Bad Batch Report. 16 episodes of this wonderful show. Season one in the books. You can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Like our Facebook page at Four Center Podcast. Get an audio book at us by going to audibletrial.com slash Four Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And don't forget, we are housed on Anchor, but you can listen to the podcast at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. And you can support us directly over at patreon.com slash Center. That's also where you're going to get information on the exclusive uh, commemorative poster coming out because episode 1000 will be on the way very shortly for Four Center. You can follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com. Got a new show coming out soon called Ken Napsock's Pop Rock and Radio over on Mixfl- uh, Mixcloud for all you music fans, which I know Joseph is. So, Joseph, you can come on and talk about Guns N' Roses. Oh, I can't wait. They just released a new song and it's very controversial. So it makes me very happy. It's just like Star Wars. <laughs> it's growth. It's change. It's a new song. It's different. It's not going to be the same. Uh, you got to wrestle with that. Anyway, I'm already I'm already on the podcast. Uh, anyway, thank you listeners for being here for our great big discussion of the Bad Batch and how it relates to comedy and music and personal life choices and everything else in the galaxy. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you can find me at Joseph Scrimshaw, all those places. If you want to check out any of my other comedy adventures, uh, links to albums, a few 
future shows, uh, shows I've written for. You can all check that out on my website at josephscrimshot.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the entire Bad Batch, and I think at this point that probably includes AZ3, this has been the Bad Batch Report. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.